What's next on our uh, roster run through, Jeff? Okay, we've gone through mo- the entire offense. To me, other than wide receiver, the most interesting group this team's going to have, and it's the biggest question surrounding this team, is the defensive line. There's so many different ways you can go with this one. They've ha- At some points in the past, they've had seven guys. They can go anywhere up to ten guys. There's a lot of interesting names here, whether it's the defensive tackle group, the ends, or even you can stash some guys at the linebacker position with Mingo and Martin. So let's just stick with – we'll start with the, 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 the group at defensive end and defensive tackle. Okay, Brian, you've played with the numbers. What did you have? Um, well, it's, it is a tough one in that uh, defensive tackle, they typically – I mean, last year they broke camp with three defensive tackles. And um, I don't see any way that you leave camp without four this year. And that's typically what they've done. They've, they've, had, they've had four and four, four interior, four edge. Sometimes they'll go five and three um, on edge to, to interior. But, I mean, look, Jaron Reed's a lock. We know that. Are they going to cut Naz Jones? No. I don't know. He's, so. he's a lock. Uh, you know, Shamar Steven is young and relatively inexpensive, uh, and they see him as a rotational guy on, on the interior. Tom Johnson, Nathan's brought up, and, and maybe go we'll go in there about maybe he's at risk, but he's been there starting three tech, and Pete's been raving about him. I, I think he he plays a pretty important role for, for that team, especially from a – pressure perspective um you're not going to get much pressure from a guy like shamar steven and then quentin jefferson has typically been an interior guy has been playing pretty well so you're not going to keep five um although they started to play jefferson on the edge um in practice so i don't know that that's where i have the biggest questions i can't see them get cutting brandon jackson on the edge uh he's been one of their starters and actually has applied some decent pressure so i end up with eight players uh, Frank Clark, Jaron Reed, Rasheem Green, Naz Jones, Shabar Steven, Tom Johnson, and then um, uh, Quentin Jefferson and Brandon Jackson. That means Marcus Smith doesn't make it. means Puna Ford doesn't make it. And a guy that I thought played pretty damn well on Thursday, not just his touchdown, but I thought Joey Ivey, like, maybe just because I didn't know him, but I thought he was an interesting player. Um, I'm kind of curious to see what happens with him going forward yeah he's a guy that probably isn't on anyone's 53 man projection but he jumped out for sure you mentioned it with nathan nathan had a tweet this week that jumped off the screen to me i was interested when he he said are we sure tom johnson's making this team and it was interesting because if you look at the film he didn't do anything to stand out at least that was what i thought but pete's been raving about him all summer keeps mentioning the same thing about him but he's raved about lots of people in the past nathan what what were your thoughts there yeah, he just looked really underwhelming. Like, um, and there's a lot more to being a three tech than just rushing the passer, but it, that's kind of his calling card. And I didn't see anything there that made me think, oh, this guy has to have a, a roster spot, um, especially considering the age and the depth of this position. Like, I ended up carrying 10 guys, which is uh, well over what they usually do. Um, and that was because I couldn't find, like, more than four linebackers that I wanted to keep. And so I'm going to squint at Marcus Smith and Jacob Martin and say that they're kind of uh, a Sam, too. And they're going to kind of play both, you know, uh, maybe have a little flexibility there. But 
Um, yeah, like, you're not cutting Quentin Jefferson with the way he played, um, what we saw. I agree that Brandon Jackson looked good, so I have him in. Um, but, like, 10 is a lot here. Like, they, they usually carry about 8. So, I, I don't know. This, this was a tough one for me, mostly because there's a lot here, and then trying to make up for some other spots where I thought they were pretty weak. It's interesting you say that, because I had, I had 10, too, and I thought that was probably the dumbest thing I did in my roster projection. I don't know if it'll necessarily happen, but I kept the same eight Brian did, plus Marcus Smith and Puna Ford. So that's five defensive tackles and five ends. I don't know if they'll end up doing that, but as Nathan said, there's roster spots available, and I couldn't think of guys to get rid of. Ford's a guy who might not slip through the practice squad, and I'd rather keep him and maybe get rid of a linebacker or a cornerback. But 10, 10's a lot. But if this group's going to generate a pass rush, we're going to need a rotation, and you're going to need a number of bodies. So we'll see if we're off right now. But, Evan, are you, are you closer to Brian or closer to me and Nathan? I'm actually closer to Nathan. Um, I would go with five linebackers. Uh, Bobby Wagner, KJ Wright, Mingo, Griffin, and Jacob Martin. And then I would take nine defensive linemen. I'd go Frank Clark, Jaron Reed, Green, Naz Jones, Shamar Steven, Tom Johnson. And then my final three would be Brandon Jackson, Marcus Smith, and Puna Ford. I think those three extra guys give you the most potential in that group. And I'm just, I'm just not sold on Quinton Jefferson yet. Um, he struggled with a lot of injuries throughout his career. And who hyped him up the other day on the radio? Maybe it was... Maybe it's Cliff Averill. Um, but I, I think those three extra guys give you the most potential in that group. I really don't want to c- cut Brandon Jackson just because what we saw from his pass rush in preseason game one. And I'm excited about Marcus Smith still. And then I'm really excited about Puna. So I hope he makes the roster. Yeah, I think that group is going to change every week if we did this. Every, every preseason game we might have completely different views or every training camp week. That's going to be. Yeah, I will say that I, I have been influenced heavily by every season when I'm projecting the 53. I'm always thinking they're going to keep extra defensive linemen. Like, I always am looking at nine or 10, and they break camp with seven, you know? And if you look at their, you know, since, since 2010, their average defensive line keep is 8.3. So, and, and that is the reason it's even over eight is because 2013. They kept like thirteen. They kept like some insane number, and 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 that included cutting Jay Howard. You know, Um, so like they were so stacked on the defensive line that year. Um, Typically, they they they're eight or less. So I don't know if I see them doing ten. I I had the same thing because last year I did this, and I ended up way short on linebackers and maybe safeties too. I don't remember. like, but those two spots, like, uh, I, I don't know. You can't force me to keep more than five linebackers. Like, I won't do it. I refuse. <laughs> I quit. I, I, you, I'll go, you know, there's four. Wagner, Wright, Mingo, Griffin. Okay. You want me to keep five? I'll, I'll take DJ Alexander because you're asking me to take five. I, I don't want Austin Kalitra on this team. I don't know who Jason Hall is. Are you counting Martin as a defensive lineman or as a linebacker? So I counted him as a defensive lineman because he is a defensive lineman, just like maybe they call J.D. McKissick a wide receiver, but that, that ain't what he is. 
Um, but that's how I justified keeping the tenth guy. Is that they want Martin to do some other stuff? He lined up as a linebacker or as a defensive end, like almost all game. I think that was I think that was a little bit um, misleading, and and here's why. So the, the net of it is you you and I and maybe uh, Jeff aren't as far apart. Um, I had Martin as a linebacker, and so I had him keeping six linebackers and eight linemen. So it's similar. Yeah. But um, uh, Martin has been running exclusively with the linebackers during camp and practice um, and playing Sam um, almost exclusively during camp. And uh, it's clear that they needed to see what he can do from a pass rush perspective. And so they were putting him in there. Similarly, the way they were playing Barkevius Mingo at end to see what he could do there. And they really see their Sam backers like they saw Bruce Irvin as someone who can switch between rush end and, um, you know, that Sam backer spot. So whatever we call him, I think we all see him making the roster. That's really what yeah. matters. Um, and so uh, I, I, I do think he has some, some potential at Sam backer. Um, you know, so so unlike Marcus Smith, who when they tried to play him at Sandbacker last year, he looked like a fish out of water. I think Martin actually has the physical skills to, to potentially play a little bit more um, off the line. Martin was the guy that got steamrolled on that touchdown, though, right? I don't know. I, I believe it was Martin that he got just blasted and, and the guy went right into the end zone. Which Oh, I, I don't know if I'd call that... You're being a little harsh on that one. Like, he they, they, they met and the guy had a lot of... Momentum. He met... And the offensive player kept going forward, and he didn't. Like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> I don't know. I would, like, I would, I would ba- base my assessment on his ability. Uh, uh, sure, sure, uh, but uh, ultimately, we're not great. Right. They had to like try to chase down the guy when he's playing <laughs> Sam. So I don't know. Okay, I think we all would hope that Jacob Martin's not a staple in their base goal line defense at any point this year. Yeah, I would hope so. But I guess the one debate there is DJ Alexander. If yeah. He's was hyped up as a special teams guru. He would project, I guess, as the backup middle linebacker for Bobby Wagner unless he has shift. I don't think Calitro's in the mix yet. Maybe I'm wrong about him. I thought he that was the one, Yeah. So the one debate is do they had have to have a guy as that backup inside, or does KJ just shift over and then you keep the four linebackers and you have the guys as the outside linebackers? Because when DJ Alexander had to play inside linebacker when Bobby went down. I think it was that Jacksonville game. He looked pretty terrible. He's so bad. But they don't like to move KJ. Like, they could have done that. Yeah. And they chose to put him out there. So I I don't really agree with it, but they seem to want that backup middle linebacker to leave KJ where he is. But if it was was an extended absence, that might be a different answer, right? Like... I don't know. I mean, Bobby's asked to do a lot more. Um, not that DJ Alexander is any kind of amazing athlete or anything, but that's definitely playing to KJ's weak spots. And so, like, leaving KJ where he's very, very good, I, I kind of get it. Yeah. And we all remember KJ's first start um, of his career was, was at middle linebacker um, against the San Francisco 49ers. But, um, yeah, I, I think... I think Shaquem Griffin changes the the equation a little bit because I think they actually have a, a reasonable, um, you know, higher potential guy that could be coming out as a backup. Will um, I? 
I just didn't see DJ Alexander impacting special teams the way I was really hoping he would last year. I thought I, I can't really remember a play he made that stood out to me. And special teams players should pretty much stand out. Like you notice them um, on those plays. So I think he's a little bit at risk. And if he doesn't make it, then maybe you are looking at someone like Austin Calitro having a chance. But the guy that I would I would call out um, scored really well on special teams, um, both from what I saw as well. PFF had him as uh, Pro Football Focus had him really highly rated with Emmanuel Beal, um, undrafted rookie, athletic linebacker. Um, He's another guy to watch on the inside that we'll see how, how that plays out the last few weeks of the preseason. Yeah, that's it's an interesting name no one's brought up yet. So moving on, that, that's the linebacker group. Evan hasn't contributed in a while, so we'll let Evan start this section. Another interesting group that we, we talked about earlier in the show with Flowers in the first segment is cornerback. Historically, they've bounced between five and six corners. Maxwell's been banged up. Dante Johnson's just starting to get into the th- swing of things. Obviously, Shaq Griffin's making this team. Nico Thorpe is banged up, and the bottom of their roster is that they've always valued special teams. If they need to save money in a way, Thorpe's a guy you can get rid of to save some money at the bottom of your roster. And then Akeem King, Evan mentioned earlier. So is Akeem King on your roster? And how do you break down this five or six guys, and who are they? I think I take six players, and those six players are Shaq Griffin, Justin Coleman, Trey Flowers, obviously. I think Maxwell's making this team. I think he might even be the starter at the beginning of the season. Actually, I would expect that. I think Akeem King is a guy to watch up and coming. I think he played super well um, in uh, preseason game one. He's a guy I will definitely be watching in preseason game two. And I do actually think that Nico Thorpe makes this roster over Dante Johnson, Brian's favorite cornerback on the roster. <laughs> I have a question for you, Evan, though. Um, as I was going through the roster, there was definitely places they could have saved some money. Tom Johnson, Shamar Steven, uh, you know, and some of these other veterans. Do they need to? Like, is there is there a value in them saving money this year where you think that's a factor? I really don't think it's a factor. Right now, we're dealing with a lot of cap space. They're, like, I think sitting around 10, 11, 12 million right now. Next year, we're talking 60-plus million. Um, they're not pinching pennies. They're really not. Uh, this could look different after a Frank Clark extension or a Tyler Lockett extension, but I, it, so, it sounds like they might wait till the end of the season to make those two happen. Um, but to answer your question, they don't need to penny pinch right now. Because Nico Thorpe is a big impact player on special teams, and yeah. there's a big cap savings for him to go. I don't think he's a great cornerback, but that was, that was one of my questions. Is it's like, like one or two million they saved by cutting him. I, I really don't see the benefits outweighing the, you know, I, I just I don't see that situation happening. Jeff, did we lose you? He's like frozen in time. Nathan, yeah, he's frozen. Yeah, so so Nathan, let's go cornerback and safety. Uh, run run through your keep on cornerback and safety. So uh, Griffin Coleman, Maxwell, I think um, Thorpe, I've got in there. Flowers, I think, is in there. And then I kept both King and Johnson because, again, just like linebacker, these safeties, uh, I don't know what to do with them. I mean, you've got McDougald, Hill, Tedrick Thompson. Uh, Mo Alexander probably makes the team, but I think he's still hurt. I don't know if he's back out there yet. Um, and then after that is TJ Mutcherson and Lorenzo Jerome. Like, I, I don't think those are guys that make this team. Maybe I'm missing something with Mutcherson or Jerome and what they can do special teams-wise, but 
I went with an extra cornerback because I couldn't bring myself to keep a, a fifth safety. Yeah, so you've got four safeties, six corners? Four safeties, seven corners. Seven corners. Whoa. It's a lot of corners. It's too many corners. Uh, There's some that's like what I did. shape joke to make here, but I'm not as good enough with geometry to do that. So, um, like... So so wait, I need to know the seven again. Griffin, Coleman, Flowers, Maxwell. Oh, you know what I did? I kept fifty-two offensive and defensive players, and not. <laughs> so, uh, I, I'm gonna take. I, I've heard a lot of stuff between King and, and Johnston. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go. I'm gonna take your word for it, Brian, and I'm gonna put uh, King over Johnson. Or I'm sorry, vice versa, other way around. Johnson over King. Interesting. Yeah, and and the, the, the piece here is like, I'm really interested in Johnson. I need to see him on the field and, and see what he looks like with Seattle um, to, to really, like right now I have King over, over Johnson. He hasn't been on the field. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, after this game, assuming he plays, you know, Johnson may be off the roster from my perspective. So we'll see. Right now I have, I have him making it um, – I have him making it over Nico Thorpe, mainly because I don't think Nico Thorpe's a very good corner. I think he's an excellent special teams player, but um, I actually disagree yeah. there. I I always thought he looked passable when he was put out there. Not a guy that I saw a lot of upside from, but not a guy that looked like he was embarrassing himself out there either. No, that that he's not a DJ Alexander, right? Like he, right. he definitely he is capable of playing the corner spot, but not well. I, I don't think he's like. I don't, like you saw him come into the Falcons playoff game a couple of years ago and it was ugly. Like, I mean, everybody was kind of ugly in that game, but uh, I, I don't know. So we'll see. I would, I mean, I'd love to have Thorpe around cause I, I like what he does on special teams. I have them only keeping four safeties. I, I don't know how you keep another one. Um, I'm, I'm with you on that one, Nathan. So I've got six corners, four safeties. Um, overall, I haven't keeping 24 on defense and, and, Actually, wait, is that right? I think I have him keeping 24 on defense and 26 on offense, which is what they did last year as well. Um, and then, you know, the the last one I'd throw out there is Michael Dixon, Janikowski, Tyler Ott. I think those are locks. I'm curious if you guys see anything differently there. Nope. Interesting. So, you know, it, it seems like it seems like the places where there were any real question, like defensive line, wide receiver, um, a little bit on running back, although I, I don't think it was that controversial there. Um, so offensive line, defensive line, receiver, those seem like the most controversial ones um, in terms of what's going to happen there. I'm so curious to, to see what they do with Amara Darbo. I mean, I know we've talked about it a million times, but it'll be really interesting to look back on this receiver room in about three to four weeks. Have you guys, can you guys remember a third round pick um, that has been so quiet? Uh, I'm actually going to pull up the Seahawks draft history really quick, but David Green. I mean, couldn't you say Nick Vanette? No, not, not Darbo level quiet. Like, I mean, Darbo, like, it's good. So last year's, Third round picks were Shaquille Griffin, Delano Hill, Nazir Jones, and Amara Darbo. You know, Hill 
Uh, Hill's done more in the preseason, but not a lot less quiet than Darbo. If we're being, I love the guy, but like you know, he just hasn't really shown up. I mean, like look at CJ the year before CJ Prosides, Nick Bennett, Riso Diombo. I mean, I'm not saying whether they're good or not. That's a different question. Mm-hmm. But like Darbo has done nothing. I mean, I guess Darbo had eight catches last year. It's it's really though. I mean, like who's been quieter, Hill or Darbo? You're. I think I think uh, Darbo. I mean, Hill has more hype, but what has he actually done? Like, he didn't catch, he didn't do the equivalent of catching eight balls last year, did he? Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think he's playing behind two Hall of Fame players. It's a really sure, different it's a totally different deal. Yeah, totally different situation, and and yeah. he's a stand like he he really, from my perspective, I think he even was uh, a decent player in his past preseason game. I think his past, last preseason game was better than any preseason game Darvo's had, and he's had more than one of those. So to me, that, that that's a standout. Um, you know, year before, 2016, is uh, third round – oh, sorry, 2015, Tyler Lockett was the third-round pick. For that, Jordan Hill, for that, Russell Wilson is a pretty good third-round pick. John Moffitt back in 2011 – Unfortunately, not quiet enough. But we could all do with John Moffat being a lot quieter. True, it's true. Like those are the those are the third round picks in the Pete Carroll. I don't think I've ever seen one that that has been. You know, I, I don't know. I, I think he's I think he's like the ninth or tenth receiver right now on the depth chart. So he is not good. Uh, and you know what's kind? Of, I mean, like. It's not that big of a surprise either. Like, he's kind of athletic, and, you know, he's got, like, he definitely looks the part in terms of build and all that, but it's not like he was amazing at Michigan, and there's a lot of caveats to get with that. But, like, is anyone surprised that Darbo has just completely, like, been non existent and ghosted? I don't think so. They brought him in because they thought his route running would transfer well. And you're right. And the, the thing they, they talked about when they had those great drafts was unique qualities. What are his unique qualities? He's not that fast. He's not that athletic. It's not smooth. He doesn't have great hands, it seems like. I haven't seen any unique qualities. Yeah, I really am going back all the way to David Green. That's the last thing I was like, 2005. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it, it's even like Wayne Hunter in 2003, like he started a fair number. He started a game or so. Um, anyway, 2002 third round pick, Chris Richard. Anyway, <laughs> so I could go on. Uh, yeah, Evan, I think that's a good call. I'm definitely curious to see. And, and Darbo did have one training camp practice where he was the player of the day. Like he – and I – Talked about it and wrote about it because it stood out. Um, I, I hope he does. I hope he like pops and all of a sudden he's just like everything that you'd hope a third round pick would be. But right now he's got a huge hill to climb. All right, guys. I, I think uh, it's, it's Evan's bedtime here, um, and uh, we've, we've gone a little longer than normal. So, so thanks to everybody that's that's stuck around. Um, I do want to uh, mention for folks that we are going to do something. We, we had our, our live show last week during the game. 
Um, not everybody can make it on the, the, the team to, to, to do it this week. I'm going to host the show um, and I'm going to allow, um, I think it's going to be up to nine patrons unless anyone else on the show ends up joining, but uh, nine patrons to join the hangout with me live and we'll talk about the game. We'll watch the game together. Um, I will try to do a little bit more play-by-play because I heard that it was hard to time up your, your TVs without knowing exactly where we were with the game. So, uh, you know, call that out. Um, hang out. Um, if you're not already a patron, uh, go to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash hawkblogger. Sign up there and uh, let's hang out. Um, should be fun this, this Saturday. Looking forward to it, guys. All right. Uh, with that, I'm going to say goodnight and uh, go Hawks, everybody.